0: nothing else we welcome you to the truth simply put our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea commission you're about to receive god's unadulterated word brought to you by pastor alexander victor challenging uplifting and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk and now today's message i'd like to share something tonight can i do that yeah, I'd like us to do a quick journey, quick journey through Romans 12 if I can. I woke up this morning and it was very strong in my heart. Very strong in my heart that we we go through. Philippians 2 and verse 5. Let's see, let's see what Philippians 2 and verse 5 says. Put us in the NLT. I don't have any notes, so I'm just going to read the scripture. In the NLT he says that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Can we read that together? Go back to verse 5, one, two, go. You must have the same attitude that Christ, Christ Jesus, had. Jesus had. Tell your neighbor on one side, and your neighbor on the other side. It doesn't really mean much. The experience of your salvation in the earth. In the earth. In the absence of the attitude that Christ Jesus had. I repeat with emphasis on these three words. In the earth. Your salvation is of no use to us. And he say, you're not saved. Your salvation doesn't mean anything to us. In the absence of the attitude that Christ Jesus, your savior, yes, has. So it's important that you have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had is central to the walking out of your salvation. The same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Verse 6. Verse 6. Philippians 2.6. Though he was God, (laughs) though Christ Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God As something to cling to. The message. Same verse 6. He had equal status with God. But didn't think so much of himself. That he had to cling to the advantages. Of that status. No matter what. Again, many times that I I share, a lot of times that I, 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 I hear or deal with issues among believers, it boils down to the measure of the character of Christ. The bedrock of it. Are you following me? The baseline of it is having the attitude of Christ or what measure of that attitude do we have what measure so a key component of your faith walk in the earth is the adjustment of your attitude until it is exactly that of Christ a key component of your faith walk in the earth is the adjustment of your attitude until it is exactly that of Christ and in doing so, you must make sure you indulge no excuse that stands in the way. Nothing is more detrimental to a believer than, than the pride that excuses afford him about slacking in his or her work with God. Because you will never run out of excuses. And mostly what feeds excuses is pride. Nothing more detrimental to your faith work in the earth than having the pride that affords you excuses. Because you know that that is the goal. You know that this is where you are. Your eyes are set like a flint. You are chasing it. Not excuses. Because excuses will abound aplenty. But that's what separates men from boys. That's what separates men from boys. That you're humble enough to face your excesses. And say in this area, the attitude of Christ is lacking in my life. In my life. You know, in my life is more genuine than in your life. In other words, the way I'm saying to you, Samuel, in your life you have excesses. By the time you allow the Holy Spirit to awaken you to your own excesses, to the point where you can say, I know I have this excess, you're on your journey of Christ-like attitude. You're on your journey. But most of what stands in our adjustment of attitude is the pride that affords us excuses. He considered he had equal status with God, but he did not consider it as something he had to cling to at all costs. In other words, Jesus was happy to not be God for a minute. Talk to me now. If that's what he took. He was happy. That's why he never addressed himself as son of God. He always went son of man. It was them that called him son of God. Imagine them calling him good master and he says, hey, don't call me good. No one is good but God. That's how poor Bible students interpret it to mean that you cannot worship Jesus. <laughs> they miss the fact that Jesus was highlighting his humanity to the detriment of his deity or his divinity. He was not denouncing his divinity. He was downplaying it in favor of his humanity. I Are we in mean, Word and Life? He wasn't wasn't denying his divinity. He wasn't. If he was, he would not say to them, Son of Man has power to forgive sins. Do you know? He messed with their heads a great deal. (laughs) A great deal. But he wasn't going to cling to it. He was happy to not be God for him. Imagine if he was fully God on the cross. You can't touch him. Flog him. How? Bruise him. Stab him in the side. Strip him stark naked. God. The blast of whose nose still the Red Sea fled. So Jesus took on what he took on. For you and I. Because he took off. That godness For a minute. Does that make sense? He didn't. didn't, Imagine being being flogged in the chief priest's compound. And he says, mind how you flog me. I am the son of God. Picture it for a minute. Do you know who I am? A very famous Nigerian question. Do you know who I am? No, he, didn't, he didn't emphasize. He de-emphasized his, his humanity. So Paul says in 2 and 5 of Philippians, let that same attitude of Christ who was God but did not see it as something to fight over. Let that same attitude be in you. The question now becomes, to what degree of reality do you transact with the word? To what degree does this become real and practical in your life? That now is the measure of maturity. Does that make sense? That's the measure of maturity. Against this backdrop, Philippians 2 and 5 and 6, let's now go into our journey of Romans 12. Same author, right? Paul. Romans 12 and 1. Let's just go straight to the NLT. And so there, brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. I, I, I plead with you to give your body. I'm going to be doing... Over and over reading, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Now, think of all he has done for you. How much is the worth of your body given to him in comparison to how much he's done for you? Can you see what I'm saying? Give your bodies. To God because of all he's done for you. Do you think if He were going to earn your bodies, do you think he has done so already? Yes. Talk to me. Yes. Has he done enough to earn the submission of your body? Yes. Oh, he's more, than, he's more than done enough. More over and over and above and beyond. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So what is the way to worship him? Give your bodies to him. Give yourself to him. That's why we say in ultrasound that we are the offering we bring. We are the worship we bring. We don't just worship him. We are the worship that we worship him with. Make sense? Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Why is that crucial? Because you are what you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You cannot be divorced from your thoughts. That's why the mind is the battleground of life. I've said over and over for years, since I started ministry, life, God, Satan, cannot get to happen to you. What they cannot first get you to think about. That's why it is your worst fears that happen to you. Not your least. Because whatever you magnify will amplify. Whatever you magnify will what? Amplify. You are what you think. You cannot be divorced from the state of your mind. Now, you are a new creation in your spirit, but the outplay of that new creation in the natural is dependent on the state of your mind. Let him transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So, here's the news flash just by changing your mind, you become brand new. It's like loading a fresh OS. So, a lot of us are still struggling with human vices and human weaknesses and human excesses because we have refused to let our minds be changed in how we think. But the moment we yield ourselves as worship, true worship, verse 1 to Him, the Christ like attitude starts with an adjustment of the way that you. Think It just makes you completely new. So the, the former you will do something like this. And the new you, because you have changed the way you think, will do something like that. That's the difference. That's the journey of earthly sanctification. That's when it becomes really practical. Because you see, anybody can throw around that they are a son of God. Anybody. But it is not about looking nice and saying, Son of God. It's about a shift in attitude. It's about a shift in attitude. And, and that's important in the manifestation of your sonship. Working out what God is working in. Listen, there's no doubt that God is working in you. There's no doubt. It's Him that's working. There's no doubt. But you can hide behind the cloak of Him working. And you do nothing about working it out. Are you following me tonight? You do nothing about working. It's God that's working. It's God that's working. It's God that's working. You got to let the work out that he's working in. And you can only pretend for so long about what you're not. If you have not changed your attitude. That's how we'll press your buttons. The real you will show up. We just, just, and then you know how God will set up people in your life that know your password. It's not the enemy that put them there. Those of you who are close to me, I've told you over and over. If you run away from someone because the person is difficult, you are the person that needs work. You who ran away. You're the one that needs to grow up. In your capacity to handle the person you cannot handle. Because your inability to handle your brother or sister is a reflection of your lack of capacity. It's not a function of their weakness. Yes, are <laughs> sons of God listening to me tonight? Yes, sir. You're running away from the person. It's, it's reflecting your inability, your own incapacity. And what you should do is broaden your capacity to handle that person that by natural standards you want to kill. And keep loving. And keep teaching. Keep instructing. I began to enlarge my capacity. Because as a head, you don't open your mouth and say to your wife, I'm the head of this home. The day you said that, you are the tail. No king wakes up and goes, I am the king! No. where the word of a king is the power? Answer. Say, my friend, I'm the... No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm too big for that. If you see what the word is written about a man and do it. You see what the word is written about a God wife and do it. Why do we have to disagree first before we agree? You must make sure you don't allow the philosophy of the world to pattern your sonship in God. A lot of our philosophies are based around what we read in the movies and what we we see on TV and what our friends see. We are making no recourse. You're not living your lives according to this word. That's why your attitude is not changing. Don't blame it on anybody. You're more influenced by the books that you read. More influenced by the conversations that you have. More influenced by peer pressure and what people around you think. And what your own history of relationship is. Let all man be liars and let God be true. That's the good fight of faith. That you read the word of God and you see that it actually is practical enough for you to apply. Because the word is clear enough. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might present her to himself, a, a bride without spot, blemish or wrinkle, even so ought men to love their wives. It's clear. That's all the counseling I need. Husbands, treat your wives with wisdom as the weaker vessel, but as joint heirs of the grace of God. That's all the counseling I need. Because the word says so. So I love her as my church and me as her head and her as my body. I look at how Christ is loving me in spite of me and determined to love her like that in spite of her. She looks at how I'm submitted to God in spite of me and she determines how she should submit to me in spite of herself. That's the attitude of Christ. There's no room for disagreeing to agree there. Oh, how about we have to compromise? That's another lie. There's no compromise in the kingdom. Compromise is a world term. It's a secular term. It's actually an ungodly term. Compromise means you are standing here, I'm standing here, you shift small. Me too, let me shift small. Let's meet somewhere. How is that scriptural? So every time I speak to intending couples, I tell them, I say, watch out for that word. Compromise is a very deadly word. So I must be careful who advises you in your relationships. Because what scripture calls us into is understanding, not compromise. If we have understanding, we don't need compromise. Does that make sense? We just both know where we stand because we understand. So understanding informs our stand. If we both understand the word the way the word is meant to be understood, we will both just come and stand on the word. Are you following me? You're not needing to shift a little bit from here to meet me because you, you believe that this is what you like, but you know, and then this, I believe that that's what I like. And so, okay, let both of us just we go, we go, we go, we go, we go, we go, and arrive somewhere at an equilibrium. No, it's the word, the mind of Christ is our standing. Let him make you a new man by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. I've said this in this house before. New King James says, Be transformed by the renew of your mind that you may prove that which is his good, perfect, and acceptable will. And I've said over and over that it's not just for you to renew your mind. It's that a renewed mind is crucial to understanding God's will. In other words, your own regenerate mind try as hard as it may, cannot grasp God's will. Are you listening to me tonight? If you must walk into God's will, operate in the center of it, you must of a necessity change your thinking. Because your follow-come thinking is antithetical to God's will. Is diametrically opposed to God's will. It cannot even see his will. How much more grasp it? Your mind as you, as you came. Because you, you, you need to understand, people, that getting born again does not fix your mind. Born again thing is a spirit thing. Do you understand? Uh, it doesn't fix your mind. Being born again doesn't shift your mind at all. In fact, it it makes every excess of your mind to start to manifest. Because you see, here's the issue. Before you got born again, the boss of your body was your mind. Your spirit was dead. There was was no, no clash. Whatever your mind decided, your body did. Now you get born again, poof! A spirit is awakened inside you that was never there before. That spirit is now wanting to control your mind, but your mind... Your body rather. But your body has gotten used to obeying your mind. Now you you want to take charge of your body by your spirit. But you cannot do that apart from your mind. So for your spirit to effectively control your body. Your spirit must of a necessity take mastery of your mind. Now that you have believed. For your body to be subject to your spirit. You must. Control the interface of your mind. If you haven't gotten control of your mind, you can have absolutely no regulation of your body. Because your body is following your mind. Yeah. That's what it has always done. Yeah. That's the only leader your body knows. Yeah. Are, you, are you following me? Yes, that's all your body knows, your mind. So now there's this war at work in your members. And you're, you're telling your body, that's why you can worship and you're not worshiping. Because you're singing about lifting your hands. Your mind is not receiving that signal. Therefore, your mind cannot send it to your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this helping anybody tonight? Yeah. Your mind can't send it to your body. Your body cannot. It doesn't register at all. that what you're singing is, Hands up, hearts open, wide as the sky. We lift. It's not registering in your body. Because the coordinates are lost on your mind. So you have to reboot. Install a fresh OS that is tuned after the mind of Christ. You realize immediately that all our struggles happen on this realm. You realize it now? All the attitudes, all the mood swings. You heard the word spoken with such audacity and such power and you left feeling low. What has happened is there is a disjointness between your spirit, your mind, and your body. Your mind could not download it for it to be disseminated to your body. Why? You're you're born again, you're saved, you're a son of God, but your mind is unregenerate. Your mind is not renewed. So you cannot collect what you received, process it in the mind, and feed it to your body. Does that make sense? That's why you're praying in the spirit and you're still feeling, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. If your mind is connected, the moment you start to pray in the spirit, your mind picks the signals and feeds it to your body. Instant energy. Listen to me, I promise you. Instant energy for your body is available the moment you start praying in the spirit. Instant energy. The moment you start to pray, because what happens as soon as you start to pray, your spirit is praying the mind of the father. Your mind is renewed so you can grasp his will. Are you seeing this? His will is what? His mind. Your spirit is praying his will because you don't know it. We know not how to pray as we ought, right? When the spirit is praying through us, what is the spirit praying? The mind or the will of the father, which in your human senses, you don't know. But because you have renewed your own mind, as your spirit is praying and connecting the mind of God, your mind is able to grasp his mind. Or grasp his will. Prove his will. And then your natural environment responds in like nature. So as you start to pray in the spirit and you're entering, his oof, virtue starts to flow. That virtue doesn't flow because your volume is increasing. The regenerating of the spirit in your body is not a function of how loud you pray in tongues. It's not a function of how loud you pray. So can you see where the issue is? The mind. So Paul says, let this mind be in you. What does let mean? Allow, give chance to. Permit the mind of Christ to manifest in you. And let your own mind die. Well, one mind said to me, well, how many minds do you have? That's the problem with the believer. We are bipolar in our nature. One mind said, the other mind said, how many minds? It tells us, let this mind, this one mind, be in you. One mind said to me, the other mind said to me. Jesus said, the voice of a stranger, they will not hear. Not even they will not follow, they will not hear. So when you know that you are tuned to the Lord's voice, it's such that you can't even hear the devil speak. No, I wasn't sure if what I was hearing was from God or was from the devil. Your mind is not renewed. Someday I'll probably teach on this. Because you see, conscience sits in the realm of the mind. And before you got born again, what always spoke to you, that premonition, you know, that sense of it was your conscience. Does that make sense? And when you get born again, here's what happens. By the transforming of your mind, the Holy Spirit takes over the voice of your conscience. So that as a son of God, the idea is you get to the point where you do not say something said. You know that anytime anything says, is the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Anytime you hear something, it's the Holy Spirit, it's not the Holy Spirit and your conscience or the Holy Spirit, or your conscience. No, it's not that anymore. It's that you're so yielded that he becomes the voice of your conscience. Are you following me? So the place for the renewal of the mind cannot be overemphasized in the life of a believer. You can't go far in your walk with God, your earthly faith, In the absence of a renewed mind. You will hamper your growth. You will hamper everything around you. Relationships, stall, businesses, struggle. You know, academics are an issue. Everything around you is a reflection of the state of your mind. Everything. Everything around you is a reflection of how you think. Everything. If you notice dirt around you, it's because you are conditioned to notice dirt. If you don't notice dirt around you, it's because you are not conditioned to notice dirt. Does that make sense? But it takes a culture change. It takes a paradigm change. Because your environment will be a reflection of your thinking. Simple. So I look at you. I look at your space. Some of us are just pretty on the outside. Your bed, under your bed, your wardrobe is an aberration. And that is who you really are, not what you dress and make up and go out. That's who you really are. And so I'm sorry for the husband or wife that will marry you. Because they have no idea what they are cashing in on. That's who you really are. Because your environment is a reflection of your mind. So for your environment to be Christ-like, your mind has to be Christ-like. For your environment to be Christ-like, your mind has to be Christ-like. Because you are a product of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and Perfect. Everybody has mind adjustment to do. Daily. That's the Christian walk. That's the believer's walk. That's the faith walk. It's the walk of your mind. So we hear the word. And we walk away. And there's all the great fellowship and all that is going on. But because your mind has not been renewed. That whole fellowship in the sensual realm. Mind realm allows no space for what was collected in the spirit to download, to become practically applicable in your life. So the problem is not the fun. The problem is not the fellowship. The problem is not the family. The problem is not the food. Notice all the F's. It's not the family, it's not the fun, it's not the fellowship, it's not the food. It's none of that. The problem is all of those are meeting an unregenerate mind. Does that make sense? So food is dealt with according to the state of your mind. Fellowship is dealt with according to the state of your mind. Family is dealt with according to the state of your mind. It's all a mind thing. The difference between how somebody reacts and how another person reacts is the state of the mind. Now let this mind, Philippians 2.5 being you which was also in Christ Jesus. So one of the things that the finished work brings you into is an inheritance of the mind of Christ. You literally inherit the mind of Christ. Does that make sense? So you cannot be saved by Jesus and not have or operate the mind of Jesus. That's the outward show of your sonship. is in the things you do and say as a result of your... Mine. does that make sense as a man thinketh in his heart so is he uh, let's go on to Romans 12 and verse 3 is this that I've been helping anybody because of the privilege and authority God has given me I give each of you this warning we're still in the thinking realm right I give you this warning don't think so it's telling you how to think and how to not think. Are you still with me? It's a journey through Romans 12. I'm going to finish it today. Don't think you are better than you really are. That's not a good way to think. That's not a noble thought. According to Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Whatever things are noble, right? That's not a virtuous thought. Don't think you are better than you really are. King James says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. You're a son of God. Yes, we know. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We know. But you're my brother. You're my sister. You're not above me. You can't talk to me like I'm trash. You can't look down on me like I don't matter. You can't look at me and judge me based on what I'm wearing. You can't look at me and judge me based on my accent or the lack of it. Our evaluation has to be based on the faith that God has given us. In other words, we see each other as Christ sees us. Nothing else. Literally nothing else. Until we get there, we are still a growing church. Until we get to the point where in the body, respect is not a function of age, but a function of sonship. You are a hypocrite if you only respect people because they are older than you. You are a hypocrite. You don't have the culture of the kingdom. Because respect is not. Kingdom respect is deeper than eldership of age, it's deeper. The only time you will cower, the only time you will show honor is when someone is older than you, you're a hypocrite. You don't have the maturity of the mind of Christ. You're thinking more highly of yourself. Because in your mind, what you're saying, and sometimes you even say that, even for your age. It's not because I'm respecting you as an elderly man. It's a Nigerian way of life. But respect as a culture of the kingdom is not a function of age. It's a function of understanding of sonship. A lot of us begin to understand our own sonship, but we don't get to 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 deal with the sonship of your brother. So you treat them like crap, because you think you're the only son of God. You're the only one whose eyes have been opened. Your eyes are open to see. You're the only one who's 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 who is woke. So everybody around you who is not is inferior to you. And you deal with them as such. And the worst thing you can do for somebody else that God died for in Christ is to make them feel less of themselves. That spirit is not of God. It's not of his antichrist. That's that's coming from a person whose mind is not tuned to the mind of Christ. How dare you? Think about it. Make somebody else for whom Christ died for, to the same measure he died for you, feel less of themselves while you are thinking high of yourself based on the same Christ dying. What's wrong with you? Do you know what I just said? Yes. Christ died for me. and the righteousness of God in Christ. My friend shut up and listen to me. Who are you? Get up. Sit down. Don't talk to me like that. Do you know who I am? Who are they? How different are they to who you are? How different are you to who they are? A point, you are showing your sonship or not because speaking in tongues does not edify anybody. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the person that said he speaks in tongues more than all of us all that said it. Yes, remember Paul said it right first Corinthians 14. He said, he said, I thank my God. He was a boast, yes. he said, I thank my God. That I speak in tongues more than you all. One Paul was a tongue speaking machine. Can you imagine that boast? I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you. Combine the entire churches. Nobody spoke in as much tongues, as voluminously as Paul. And it's the same person that said when you speak in tongues, nobody's edified. Because your mind is unfruitful. Only God is edified. Only God understands speaking in tongues to God whether I was hearing you or not open your mouth and deal with me according to understanding that's what edifies me not kata. that's you and God oh to a degree that interpretation will come in understanding for our benefit hooray praise God for interpretation of tongues otherwise it's of no benefit to me so you can strut around like an eagle in heat and walk around and fl- flount your wings and feel like I'm a son of God. <laughs> it's of no benefit to the kingdom. In the absence of Christ-like dealings. Did you hear what I said? What did I call it? Christ-like dealings. Mark anybody, Paul said that, mark anybody Who opposes this message? They are enemies of the cross. Mark, anybody who tries to explain away or balance this message, they are enemies of the cross. In the absence of Christ-like, can you just shut up? In the absence of Christ-likeness, you have nothing to offer. Not your prayer, not your relationship, not your marriage, not your money, not your service, not your love, not your hugs, not your smiles. All of it amounts to nothing. Loud clanging cymbals. The absence of love. It, the sum total of it is nothing. Because Christ's likeness is that he was equal with God. And he did not consider it something to cling to. Make sense? So therefore Christ likeness in practical terms is that I am a son of God, but I'm not using it to your detriment. Do you get that? Yes. I'm not using it to your detriment. I'm not using it to cause you pain. I'm not using it to oppress you, because I know you are also a son of God. You see, that's practical believership. That's practical discipleship. That's when church begins to flourish and grow. That's when all the hypocrisy and pretense dies. Anybody can quote scripture, even devils. Anybody. Anybody can have gnosco, head knowledge. Anybody. Anybody, but it is in this that the songs of God begin to be made manifest. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Yes. Is in this that songs begin to be made manifest in the earth, and it cannot happen until your mind changes. until you sit down and consciously it's training, it's not praying, it's training. You don't buy a dog and pray to the dog, pray over the dog to go and pick up the newspaper. To not pull in the house. You train it. You don't give birth to a child and pray over the child and anoint the child every morning. You train the child in the way that the child should go. Does that make sense? You take charge of your mind. You train your mind. A particular thought comes up in your head. 2 Corinthians 10. You cast it down. Casting down imaginations. Are you following me? And every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. I'm bringing into captivity every thought toward the obedience of Christ. So when a thought rears up its head, when you're about to react to something, measure it to the level of Christ-likeness. If it conforms, fine. If it doesn't, squash it. I call it the Philippians 4:8 test. Whatever thought comes up in your head, take whatever. Put Philippians 4:8 on, on 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 the screen. Philippians 4:8. Fix your thoughts on what is true, and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If it doesn't meet the Philippians 4:8 test, it is an argument you should cast down. If it's not right and pure and noble and and praiseworthy and virtuous, it's an argument you should cast down. That imagination is against Christ. So you bring it into subjection. Something comes up in your thoughts and you're like, no, that's not the mind of Christ. And then you hold it subject. You speak to someone and then you yourself, by the Holy Spirit, allow yourself to be convicted to know that I didn't speak right. If you waited for somebody to pull you up, you yourself, you just failed. You have, a, you have enough measure of God to know that I spoke wrong. You have enough to know that I, I didn't do what I should have done. Or I did what I shouldn't have done. I said what I shouldn't have said. I didn't say what I should have said. You have enough of that and it takes contrition and humility. That's what repentance is for the believer. Do you get it now? You're here teenagers and you know that you did something wrong and daddy's not pleased and mommy's not pleased. Take yourself and say mommy I know I, I did this, I, I didn't do this, I should have and I apologize, I'm sorry. That's the spirit of Christ. That you're living with someone and, and you're, you, you are living with someone and, and when, when it's time for you to go, they, they, they feel like Christ is living their lives. Or you're hosting someone and when the person is living they feel like they're going to be lost because they're leaving your house. Not that they're throwing a Thanksgiving party because finally God has turned around their captivity. (laughs) Is anybody catching this? Now, I don't know how much more practical I can be with you. In other words, if you can't take this and do business with it at whatever level you are, then I don't know what else can help you. Because this is what it boils down to. Practical application. Practical, practical, practical application. Practical. Practical. Let's go back to Romans 12, verse 3. Practical application. Go on, we've gone past here. Be honest in all your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts. Of one body. And we all belong to each other. Can we say we all belong to each other? In his grace. Keep going next verse. Verse 6. God has given us different gifts. For doing certain things well. So if God has given you. The ability to prophesy. Speak out with as much faith. As God has given you. And do not despise those. Who do not prophesy. That's what the preceding verse says. Are you understanding it? So you're not superior simply because you prophesy and others don't. You're not inferior simply because others prophesy and you don't. That's not the measure of sonship. Does that make sense? Such evaluation is not according to faith. Okay, let's go on. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a gift serve, you give to serving, serve well. There's joy in service. There's joy in service. You're cleaning stuff, you're, you're serving, you're putting stuff in order, you're, whatever it is you're doing, do it well. Because you're serving sons. And it's a joy for sons to serve sons. There's no, there's no shame in it. There's no shame in it. We're serving each other. No shame. That's us washing each other's feet. No shame. We stoop low and we honor each other. We serve each other well. Does that make sense? So we're here with you. We do it all. We're like you. We smell like you. We talk like you. We act like you. We serve you. We will clean the sweat on your face. I will do it if I see you sweat, I clean it. Don't I? Does it make me less a papa or less a pastor or less a whatever? It's the mind of Christ. I will not now elevate myself to remind myself that I am above you. The moment I do that, we are both lost to the enemy. Does that make sense? No, I continue to love you and give you the opportunity to stretch your capacity. To contain the love. Now, if I don't do that, then why would you do that? I have the authority to do it. I abdicate it. If it's okay, can you please do that? Have you? Can you? Do you mind if it's not too much trouble? And I've said over and over if it takes you a thousand words to make sure you're adequately communicating the state of your mind, use a thousand words. Don't use four and think that we should know the remaining 996. Because there's so much we are doing to ourselves, hurting ourselves by assuming that people should know what we mean. There's so much about it. Speak it out loud. Communicate it. There's nothing wrong with saying please. You don't even need Jesus to say please. May I? Do you mind? Could you? Kindly open the door. Because honor is not what is earned. It's freely given because of our sonship. It's earthly honor, earthly respect that is earned on account of good works. This is why most sisters and brothers don't marry in the same church. Because everybody has disrespected everybody. There's no common honor. Are you listening to me tonight? There's no common honor. Everybody has disrespected everybody. Nobody regards anybody else. So we're just happy to just stay at sister sister brother level. Just be doing gangster brethren. (laughs) That's what it is. You know what I mean? Gangster brethren will fight. Last last will settle. Do you understand? We'll beef. Today we chicken. Tomorrow we goat meat. We're all good. Everybody just does gangster brethren. Nobody is being Christ like in their attitude one to another. So, when it's time, the brother will go and look for a sister that doesn't know him the way that he is. The sister will deceive a brother that doesn't know her for who she really is. Come and marry her. We'll be happy to marry you away. And go and become somebody else's problem. We don't have any gift of service. Everybody's puffed up. Everybody's stuck up. Nobody's stooping to serve. Nobody's mindful. Nobody can see Christ in the other. Only the Christ you can see in yourself alone is an idol. Did you hear what I said? The Christ you can see in yourself alone is an idol. And you can only see, only yourself is righteousness of God in Christ. Only yourself is justified. All of us are. And all of us should treat each other as such. No difference. No difference. If it's serving others, serve them well. If, go on, you are a teacher, teach well. Keep going. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability... Take the responsibility seriously. So not everybody has leadership ability. So don't covet what you don't have. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. That's the mind of Christ. Tell your neighbor, really love me. Don't just pretend to love me. Really love me. That's the gospel. Really love them. Let's, Let's go on. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. See verse 10. Love each other with what? Genuine affection, that's the word phileo there. And take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring each other. other. That's the mind of Christ. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Pay up. Honor them. Delight in honoring them. Prioritize paying back. A lot of us are not consistent in our lifestyle. Anybody can talk. Anybody can type. Anybody can speak. But to be Christ-like through and through, to be Christ-like in speech and in deed and in action, ah, that's the stuff that mature sons are made of. Those are the real sons. That's what you have been saved into. At the very least. Did you hear what I said? At the very least. At the very least. Young people listen to me. Most especially. Because you are in a good position to have a mind shift. The mind of Christ is real stuff. It's not abstract. Are you following me? It's not abstract. It's not abstract. It's real stuff. Practical stuff. That people can testify of you. People can testify of you. Because if you, what people walk away with a bad taste of you in their mouth, man, it's going, to be, it's going to be difficult for them to see whatever Jesus you are selling. It's going to be hard. You talk to people rudely in the first instance. You talk at them. You're not showing the life of Christ. You're not. And we are saved to manifest our light. We'll end in verse 10. Roll it off. We'll continue next week. Is that okay? A journey through Romans 12. This is as practical as, this is kingdom culture. So you're saved. Now you know you're saved. Yay! You're saved forever. Yay! This is sonship. This is sonship. And these are the indices by which we establish somebody that has the mind of Christ. Because such a person is not thinking of defrauding another person. Such a person is not thinking of shortchanging another person. No, that's on the mind of Christ. You you, you take a service, you pay. If you can't can't afford this sister, use another sister. Use someone you can afford. There's somebody you can afford. If you can't afford this fashion designer, use another fashion designer. Find someone you can afford to pay and pay who you choose to patronize. That's honor. We don't all have to go to the same person. But there's somebody within your, your price bracket. Don't try and prove a point by going above yourself. Stay at the level you can afford. Pay for it. Be faithful with it. More doors are opened. That's the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5. Where we started. As we close. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Tell anybody you you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Next verse. 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. See the next verse. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself, even further, in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. I wish, I wish I had time. We'll get to topical studies very soon. But can you imagine God humbling himself to become man to obey God that he is? God humbling himself to the point where he becomes a man that has to answer yes father to God when he is the father. Did you get it? That's that's the obedience Jesus in human flesh. Had to learn to pray to my father. I, I know you hear me always. When he is the father. When the father is powerless. Outside the expression of the son. Through whom the walls were framed. The person that formed the world. Now has to pray. To the person that could not form it without him. Tell anybody that's the mind of Christ. That's the mind you ought to have. Yeah, tell them. That's the mind you ought to have. So your determination should be that in my daily walk, starting now, starting now, I train myself to walk in the mind of Christ. As you leave, something will test it. Someone will test it. Your determination is to walk according to the mind of Christ. Give it chance to grow in you. Allow it to manifest in you. And see how the entire world around you, in your jurisdiction, suddenly becomes a better place. How the church becomes a healthier place. Safer place. Your environment, your relationships, your class, your jobs, your colleagues, your friends, your housemates, your roommates, your brethren. It becomes better. Because somebody dared to allow the mind of Christ to take over their mind. Father, help us tonight as we yield to you. Help us that we are doers of your word, not just hearers only. We see on full display the mind of Christ. It's, it's not lost on us, it's clear for every one of us to see. None of us here, none of us here, right down to Yawon, none of us here can say we do not know what the expectation of us is. None of us here can say we do not know what the mind of Christ is. None of us here can say we do not know what the Christ-like attitude is. And you work in us and we yield to you. And we work out what you work in us. And we stop making excuses. We come down from pride and haughtiness. Even the one disguised as humility. We step down our high horses. We stop to evaluate ourselves outside the faith of God that we have. We evaluate ourselves according to how you see us. We place premium on each other. We adopt the mind of Christ. And we see it change our environment around us. And add richness to our walk with you. We give you all glory and praise. In Jesus name. Amen. Awesome. Yes, let's give God praise. It's okay. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at or visit our social media platforms.